agile is really the idea of taking a big problem, chunking it down into small pieces, making sure that you have some estimate of the effort that it's going to take to complete those pieces, and then time boxing. Hey, welcome back to SaaS Half Full, the only show serving B2B SaaS marketers. I'm Lindsay Groper, president at Blast Media, and I will be both your host and bartender today. Well, get ready, people. This is our first podcast crossover episode. We are working with the Agile Marketing Podcast. I was a guest on their show. Now they are a guest on mine. We are joined today by Mohammed Yassin. He is the EVP of Marketing at Perk. And we are talking about the Agile Marketing Framework, how to adopt it, what it looks like on a day-to-day basis, and how Mohammed used it to actually redo his entire website in a five-business-day sprint. Pretty insane. He's going to walk through that process, though, and it completely makes sense and is something that others can adapt if they've used the same philosophies. So grab a drink and listen to my conversation with Muhammad, EVP of Marketing at Perk. Muhammad, welcome to SAS Half Full. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. You too. This is our first attempt at a crossover event. It feels so official. It's been a hot minute since you and I have actually seen each other's faces. So I am happy to have you, my friend. Thanks for joining. Are you joining me for a drink today? I am not joining you for a drink, but you sent me a lovely cocktail kiss of something other that I will be thoroughly enjoying in probably about three hours. It's one o'clock Eastern time currently. I think maybe around four o'clock. I'm going to call it quits for the day and I'm going for it because it looks amazing. Lovely. It is called Kiss of the Oceans. I don't know what's in it, but that's a phenomenal name. I am having a cocktail as I always do. I was telling Muhammad, I have never recorded an episode of Sass Half Full without having a drink. And that is sometimes like a Tuesday at 10, a Wednesday at 11, but oftentimes it's a more respectable hour. But I am enjoying something weird for me, but I ha- I was dealing with what was in the office, which is a rum and Diet Coke, which is my husband's drink of choice. So he will be proud to hear me say that. And it's actually better than I anticipated. Well, excited to have you. We are going to be talking about Perk. We are going to be talking about agile marketing frameworks. And before we do all of that, though, I do want to give our listeners, Muhammad, an idea of who you are and also what is Perk. So if you could give us the speed dating version of intro of yourself as well as what is Perk. So I'm Mohammed Yassin. Once again, thanks for having me. I am co-host of Agile Marketing Podcast, big agile nerd in general, and also the EVP of marketing over at Perk. Perk is an AI SaaS company. We focus in on the apartment industry, providing them tools to help their prospective renters find the best apartment and help them on their side convert more of their traffic and get better return out of their marketing dollars. I love it. Defined as a true marketer. What was your journey into SaaS? So I took the long way around, right? I started as a graphic design major. I moved into operations roles in college. Most of those were tech-related, victoriasecret.com, followed by two e-commerce-based insurance companies, If you're thinking about insurance and going into that space, if you enjoy living life, do not do it. If you just like the cash, maybe okay, you get paid hazard pay for how boring it is. But I would suggest you try something else if you're a marketer. 
and then moved out of those e-commerce companies into actually helping Perk transition into a SaaS platform. Talk to me a little bit about how your role evolved. You were always in the marketing function, but uh, you now are EVP of, I've seen agile marketing as well in the title. So how did that role evolve and how did you shift the company or start the company really working in that agile direction? I mentioned a second ago, kind of having a little bit of an operations background as well. I've done a lot of call center work and I can take this all the way back to my, my childhood. My dad has a, a degree in science. Uh, my mom was an art major. So I kind of grew up in a house where there was a mix of kind of that art and science combo and I always approached my own creativity with that in mind. So same thing in a marketing area. When I was faced with the challenge of taking over the department, there are a couple of challenges that all marketers face, right? And the big ones are, do people understand what I'm doing and value it? But then two, can I prove what I'm doing? Can I show the progress so I can stay ahead of the potential questions, problems, issues, et cetera? And in SaaS, we were seeing at that time, Agile really becoming a thing in product uh, organizations and the IT department and the development teams. And they were doing such a great job describing what they were working on, what they were going to do next week, whether they got it done or not, putting some metrics in place that showed progress while not really nailing them down and allowing them to really like, flip back and forth between priorities. And marketing changes weekly, hourly sometimes. We needed a framework that could work that way. And Agile just seemed like it could work. We took a look at it. We started asking some questions and then we retrofitted it to fit what we needed. Well, you are not only working in a function, marketing that changes very quickly, but the industry that you serve, which is B2C, so apartment selling to their end consumers, the consumer buying behaviors, the market trends, all changing very quickly. How does Perk stay on top of these ever-changing consumer buying trends and remain agile in the product and service offerings? What are some of the, the things that you've instituted? You know, that's an important question. So just some clarity. From a Perk perspective, we deal only in a B2B scenario, but we have to understand the B2B relationship between our customers and their customers because we're trying to provide a tool that helps connect them. And from an agile perspective, that really looks like a lot of collection of information. So on a weekly basis, we're playing that sprint, really saying, okay, based on the people we've been talking to, whether that is customers, whether that is talking to our customers' customers, what is happening this week, or what do we think is going to be happening next week, next month, next quarter, over the next year that we need to get ahead of so we can make sure we provide information and collateral and campaigns and maybe even visuals that really resonate with what is accurate right now. And that really is on a week-to-week basis. I want to know from, by your definition, how you define an agile marketing framework. I Googled it just to see if there were common definitions. And they all, yes, swim in the same lane, but a lot of different words. So want to, for the sake of this conversation, understand how you define it. So if you're talking, I think, to either Eva or I, or listen to the Agile Marketing Podcast before, you will know that we are very big on the outcomes and not necessarily the exact particulars. Agile as a process across many different functions can have very rigid, what they call rituals, right, that are attached to it or definitions. But if you look back at the original manifesto, it's really wide open. And we follow the philosophy more so that that I think that matches back to that, where agile is really the idea of taking a big problem, chunking it down into small pieces, 
making sure that you have some estimate of the effort that it's going to take to complete those pieces, and then time boxing. So saying, we're going to get these things done in this time frame. For us right now, it's a week. It could be two weeks. Your sprint could be three weeks. It could be a month. Who knows? But it's important that you have that box built and the specific task that you're going to take inside that week. And then at the end, you're looking at it, you're reevaluating, you're going into planning the next sprint of work and making adjustments you have. And that's what it really allows for that flexibility from sprint to sprint to make sure you're not losing time doing something that's not actually valuable or not the most valuable thing for your organization as you're supporting it. Do you feel like there are a lot of organizations that like to call themselves agile, but really are saying it because they feel like it's the cool thing to say as opposed to actually having a framework to support it? Yes, but, right? So yes, there are certainly places that are saying that they're agile because it's the latest buzzword. It's super popular right now. Do I care? No, not really. I think that what agile means to you as a marketing team can differ wildly from organization to organization. And as long as those core tenets are true, I'm time blocking my work, I'm doing some sort of estimation on that work, and I am taking the big piece and breaking it down into small pieces, you're doing agile. The specifics after that really are just all semantics and uh, should be bending to what works for you and your team. Can you break down for us what this looks like on a day-to-day basis? So when do you, so if you're working in, you used to be working in two-week sprints, now you're working in one-week sprints. Can you break that down for us from a day-to-day standpoint? We're intaking requests at any time, and we're doing planning consistently. And that builds a, a backlog of work that you could be doing, right? So just a list, things you could be delivering. And then we, time will do some sort of scoping. If we need to, let's say, do a trade show, for example, we know it's going to be on X date. How much work is it going to take overall? We, we, we calculate that what we call points. They're not specifically time-based, but it's overall how much effort is it going to take to get this done. And then going into a new sprint, we do two things. One is a retro. It's a retro of the last sprint. What did we do? We kind of do a show and tell. This is what we delivered that we're proud of. Our team also takes that time to do what we call uh, group therapy as well. We mix the traditional agile retrospective, which is what went well, what didn't go well. We also incorporate things from our personal life in there as well. And we kind of talk about those. We may do some kind of career or team development in those meetings. And that's our group therapy. If someone didn't cry, it doesn't count. And then after we're done, like spending that time really recognizing what we just did, because it's so important when you're moving faster. So you take time to back up and be like, no, I accomplished these things and I feel good about this. I maybe don't feel good about this. Maybe we need to make some changes. And then we move into the sprint planning phase. And that starts for us with capacity understanding. How much are we able as a team to actually do next week? And we get that a numerical value. And then we start looking at that backlog and saying, all right, what do we need to do from this list? What actually needs to get delivered in the next sprint? What future deliverables that we have where we need to do work this sprint? An event, for example, Lots of marketers are on trade, takes you on the short term, maybe three months. But for those big shows, you're probably working on them a year in advance. Little things every week until you're finally ready to go. So understanding what those are and then filling that sprint, right? And saying, all right, what is the comparison of the work that's scoped for this sprint versus the capacity we actually have available um, inside of this sprint? Is there a disparity? Are we at 97% capacity, which means we have some wiggle room to maybe do some fun things that we would weren't a priority in the sprint. Are we at 111% capacity? It happens sometimes. 
and we're going to have some long nights and some weekend work, et cetera. But the beauty in that is that we can then take that documented, just a table, right? We publish this to the entire management team of the organization at the beginning of every sprint. It is our sprint report. And it says, as an individual, as a team, this is the capacity. This is the utilization that we have right now. And then here's a list of the things that we will be delivering. We're not going to give you everything we're working on, but these are the things that are going to be delivered this week that you will see a result from inside of the week. But given that clarity up front, like, no, I'm working. And by the way, I'm at 105% capacity this week. It gives them pause when they come to ask you for something random in the side of the week. And they really think, do I need this or not? And if you say, I would love to do that for you, but I need some help with you on what to take off my plate. It's already obvious. It's already been communicated that you're overworked that week and that you're really busy. It's not a subjective, personal, I don't want to work on your shit thing, right? It is, I would love to work on it, but I need you to help me reprioritize my sprint. Or if I show you these things, are you actually saying, no, 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 actually wait until next week. I don't need that. The other thing you're working on is more important. And that's something a lot of marketers miss. Yeah. I was going to ask you, since you've adopted an agile framework, how you've seen that impact accountability and personal responsibility to get your shit done. The accountability to get get shit done, I I can't say that I ever really worried about that. I think that marketers, especially in SaaS, we build things. We build things. We're generally very driven. If you're not trying to get shit done, you're not going to last in marketing and SaaS. Like you will get flushed out by the entire space of SaaS, let alone your organization, right? You won't survive. But what it does help with is maybe some accountability to self. Right. So for me, I can get a wild hair sometimes. I get distracted by something shiny on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'm like, oh my God, I really want to dive down into this rabbit hole that I found about whatever. And it, and it helps me say, no, you have a deliverable that you need to get done today. Maybe you can carve some time out for next week. <laughs> it's like when you have a workout schedule with a trainer, you show up because you know that everyone else is getting their stuff done. So you feel that responsibility to do it. Something that you said that I really like too is is being able to showcase how individual contributors are doing their part to reach a specific goal. Because you can actually show that here's our objective and here's all of the people working their individual parts to reach it. And that's really important because I do feel like there are roles that get a little lost. And actually, that's something that we've adopted as a PR agency where a lot of times marketer walks in, executive team, quarterly business report, here's our all of our marketing objectives, here's all the levers that we've pulled to get there, and we got PR coverage. And that just doesn't work for very long. That's a short relationship. So instead, we plug into what are those overlying objectives? We want to be one of the levers so that we're part of that rising tide that lifts all ships. But I, I feel like it works that way sometimes when no one's really sure why your social media manager is doing what they're doing because they don't see the big vision of how all the parts are working together. That is incredibly important. There's a couple of pieces in there that I think are, that help us. One is that that listing that kind of goes out showing utilization. We also do a show and tell, which is pretty common with a lot of like agile departments. We do a show and tell with some of the stakeholders that are being impacted by our work. The other thing is, and I think this is slightly off topic, but I'm really particular with my team about them having a three to five slide deck. Now, I found this really important in my career. My early career was really based on social media marketing and a lot of content. 
you have to justify yourself in that in that scenario because you're right you unfortunately are likely to be the first person cut if the hammer comes down you're probably going to be less senior than some of the others and there's going to be an assumption that maybe we don't need that because it's it works in the background as a support mechanism but it doesn't always get the the, the, the spotlight it needs you got to have a three to five slide thing and I tell them this is literally if someone walks up to your desk and said what do you do here you need to be able to open this deck immediately. And it needs to show, this is my job. These are some recent wins that I have and the metrics that I've got. And this is what I'm working on right now. That's a big priority for me. How often are they updating that deck? About every six months or so. We make an, an, an established one in uh, November, right around budget time, right? As we are also strategizing for the next year. But then around the middle of the year, we do a more informal update to it as well. You had mentioned some of the rituals processes and you said the retrospective, which you call group therapy. What was the last time you cried in group therapy? What was going on? Oh man, what was going on? Goodness, I'm trying to remember. I know it had nothing to do with work, (laughs) but honestly, the most recent and consistent one has been tears or near tears, just talking about isolation from quarantine and COVID. I love chatting with people. I love hanging out with people. And it was soul draining to be isolated inside of the house. I had outlets like podcasts and chatting with folks through the computer like we are now. It's fine, but it doesn't replace certainly. Uh, so I can understand that. And, and I'm sure that was a shared in retrospect, right? For everyone on your team, that was probably something that was pretty prevalent through throughout all of your retrospective sessions. So a little birdie told me that you pulled off something pretty incredible in recent time here at Perk in that there was a new product launch happening. And as a result, there was quite a bit of work that needed to be done to the website in pretty much a whole new website, which traditionally takes three to six months to pull off. But you, my friend, pulled it off in roughly five days. Talk us through how on earth you achieved that. It was tiring. It was exhausting. We probably cried a little bit on that Thursday for sure, all of <laughs> us. Uh, but we got it done. And you know, so for, for background, we, website launches can be really, they can be very, very, very heavy lifts, especially to get them right. And when we approached our first, we've done you know several over the years. If I go back to website launches, that website launch was scheduled for six months and took a year and a half. Not uncommon. It happens. The next one was a minor refresh, and that took us six months. And then this time, it took us one business week. So we started on Monday. We launched on Friday night, and that was it. Now, how we did that, one was lots of pre-planning, right? So a big thing about Agile is really scoping the work and making a plan, taking the big thing, breaking into pieces. So we did that you know, over the month or so prior to, to what we called launch week. And then we also did some discovery work, right? If you're doing like product, for example, that interviews are very important. We interviewed sales, we interviewed some executives, we interviewed customer service, we interviewed existing customers, we interviewed some industry consultants, right? About what they were looking at the product, what they liked about the new product, what they would like to see on a site, et cetera. Built a plan. And then we sequestered ourselves. We told the entire company, we are not working on anything else for a week. This sprint week is all about the website and it is the only thing we will be working on. We're going to set you up with a couple of things. You have a big delivery week the week before, and then we're disappearing for a week and we'll be back the following week. So 
if you have something that's important, let us know like now, because we're disappearing in three weeks. And if not, hold your peace until we get back. So holding space was important. And a plan of delivery was important day by day. You can also almost think of a concentrated sprint week as a series of mini sprints. So day one was about uh, the primary product pages and, and that sort of thing. Day two is about maybe some of the content pages. By Wednesday of that week, we were really doing the company overview page. It's the hard things that got the messaging we needed to build down to the smaller ones. And then you can also, you know, agile sprints are about the planning, the execution, and the retro. So every single day ended with a retrospective and a review process, not only with the inside team, but with whatever potential stakeholders were needed as well. At the end of day one, I think we had done the main product page. So we spoke with the product team to validate that what was said there was accurate, right? We spoke with customer at the end of that day also to say, okay, do you understand this, right? And get some feedback. So there were two or three people at the end of every day that were able to validate what had happened, provide feedback. And then the following day started with make the changes we learned about yesterday. We're not doing it immediately because we were tired. It's five o'clock in the afternoon, six o'clock, seven o'clock some days. Not going to make those changes in that moment, but we're going to sleep on it. We're going to get back together in the morning. We're going to start with stand up, our stand up meeting. And we're going to say, all right, this is what we learned yesterday. Are we taking this advice? Are we leaving this advice? <laughs> and if we're taking it, how are we executing on it? And then we split in the rooms and go. The technology is all there. Zoom was really important for us. So we kind of split in the rooms of teams that were working on different things with very clear outcomes and very clear timelines tied to them. And myself, I spent a lot of time just bouncing back, back and forth between content rooms and design rooms and us coming all together. The other thing was removing distractions. So not sequestering yourself just to remove the distraction of your emails and people asking you for things, but literally basic distractions like food right? Food was delivered every day at lunch. Your food showed up. The Friday before we started, we started on Monday morning. That Friday evening before, we had a giant basket of just hold your arms out around like in a big circle. And that's about how big the basket was full of snacks. It was popcorn. It was cookies. It was Jolly Ranchers. It was whatever. So that you didn't have to even think about anything. You got it. You got t-shirts. You got all your basic needs so you could focus in on the job. And then we celebrated at the end with, and by the way, here's your dinner on Friday. Don't worry about it. So those were the biggies, right? It was just the sequestering. It was the intentional use of time. And it was the removal of obstacles, whether that be internal company or even as many of us are working from home, whether that be family obstacles and or just basic human needs. We took care of them. We focused and we got it done. And we're really proud of it. That's incredible. And there's a couple of things I took away from that is how important the pre-planning is leading into what that sprint is, setting boundaries of time. I mean, when you said, you know, we're not gonna do that today because it's five o'clock, I was like, that's so realistic. Said in some night seven, yes, but this wasn't a situation where you're expecting your team to work from seven to midnight every day. But asking and telling people that these are constraints on time and to respect that. And what I love about it too, in this particular framework for this week, is it prevents little opportunity for this to go sideways. And because you don't literally, no, not enough time is passing for anything to go so far south that it's going to take it off course. There's, you know, there's many course corrections, as you learned at the end of every day when you had you know, the proper sign-offs. 
but you weren't so far down a path where there was rework. And I think that's where a lot of projects do get into trouble is that the approvals that are needed happen so far down the path or the people that actually need to see the progress are so far down the path that you have to back up weeks of work simply by not checking in at a regular cadence and making sure that doesn't go so south so fast. Well, it's scary, right? It's when you go to get approval for someone, you're literally asking for approval. They can say no, and you feel like crap for the work that you just done, or you feel like you did something wrong. And it's way easier, especially as a marketer. We like the big launch. We like to wait until the final thing's done, deliver it. And sometimes that's not the right thing to do. And especially when you work with a website, you're delivering product, or you're delivering even just general messaging. You can think about this from a PR term as well. If you wait, let's say, I mentioned that that first uh, site took a year and a half. If you went a year and a half and never checked back in on messaging, the entire company would have changed by then. Things happen fast and SaaS. You've got to check in even just to be like, hey, where are you at today? Or, hey, I was working on this thing. This is where I'm going. Give clarity on this isn't done. I'm showing you a pre-version. Go ahead and tell them if you're showing them a website. No, you're not going to see X's where the pictures are when the site launches. Just simple things. We're going to ask these questions. This is where we are. This is what you're not going to see, but this is what you are going to see and what we're going to be talking about today. And have very specific questions. Let them read. Does that make sense? Is that accurate? Not what do you think? Well, I feel like too, this is the common complaint on the sales side when it comes to marketing also is the speed at which marketing assets are delivered. Whereas maybe they are developing a, you know, maybe marketing is developing an asset to combat questions, you know, typical questions that are received in the sales process. They have the discussion by the time it gets through the proper, proper approvals, creative gets applied and gets the sign off. We're three months down the road and all of a sudden the sales leader is like, bro, we don't get these questions anymore. And everyone's wasted their time. <laughs> 100%. And then everyone, including your very sensitive designer, is so disappointed that they're, they're, all their hard work is literally thrown in the trash or the digital recycling bin because it is not impactful anymore, right? And you've also missed the mark. You're not providing the value. These sorts of things and, and, and providing feedback loops, continuous, fast feedback loops in marketing is incredibly important, whether you're working on a website or whether you're working on just a basic collateral or a press release or whatever it may be. I'm curious because you are obsessed with Agile and this is your world. How do you apply Agile to your personal life? It's basic stuff, right? I'm not going to sit here and say it's super deep. I've always been a list builder. Always. It's just the way I'm wired. So the idea of lots of people using Kanban boards and that sort of thing in Agile, the idea of just like, where's it at? Where's the process? Where are we going? Is it important for me? Moving was a big one. And while it may have not been an official board that I shared with the rest of my family because no one else is wired that way, <laughs> I certainly had my big project that was broken down into small pieces. That's really all Agile is. Big project, small pieces, what's your time frame? how much effort is going to take to get that done when you're moving so you've got your time frame. Or for my instance, in, you know, in the case of moving, even time boxing what would have been considered basically mini sprints inside of that and saying, all right, this is the week that we're going to tackle, that I am going to tackle, not we, because like I said, rest of my family hates a list. This is the week that I am going to tackle packing these types of things. Or this is the week that I am going to tackle procuring these types of resources or vendors to make sure that they go smoothly. Or this is sprint day, basically. This is moving day. 
who needs to be there? What are they going to be doing? What's the plan? So when folks show up, they know exactly where they're going and no one's standing around. And what's the end of that look like? It's just how you're wired to, I mean, to your point, the way I'm wired is way different than the rest of my family. But I, I tend to only work in sprints. Like there's not enough capacity in my brain and in the constraints of a 24-hour time period for me to work on anything but sprints. I know on Sunday, I know that week, right? We sit down and say, here's what's happening this week. But I can't sit down and tell you what's happening back to school week. Like that, I don't have that. And like the things that need to happen. I can't, I don't work that far in advance. I, I by default work in sprints. And I, but it's not like it, intentional. That's just how we operate. And, and to, I'm like you or I have my own. I know working backwards from that, what needs to be done. It's, but it's not something that we share necessarily as a family. It's helpful for them though, even if they may want to be thinking about that, at least they know what you're doing. They don't feel like they're, they know you're contributing, you're working as well. You're doing something. They know what to expect from you. And whether that's at home or whether that's at work, like your entire organization or even inside your team, they may not also be wired that way, but there is um, some comfort in knowing what the people around you are doing and also by default, maybe what's expected of you in that instance as well. Well, I want to give you a chance to tell our listeners about the Agile Marketing Podcast. Agile Marketing Podcast, obviously a big passion of mine. I mentioned that starting early in Agile when there weren't a lot of resources out there. And I think even I both feel like it's our responsibility since we've been through so much of this and been doing it for so long to not only give back of our experience and help people uh, learn from our successes and our mistakes, but also it really is down to the core of it, a podcast that is built around providing creatives and marketers that are operations focused, the, the list builders, new ways to get shit done. And that means bringing people on from multiple different organizations, whether that be a SaaS company, whether that be a company like American Express or one of a guest that we had from the Colts Football Association, places like that, just marketers who are excelling at their job, explaining how they are getting their job done in a very tactical way. This is not philosophical chats. This is how do I get my job done? How would I avoid the problems and what mistake did I make that I will never do again? And how will I avoid that? So that you never have to suffer from that yourself, right? That's what this is. these conversations are all about. Very organic, very laid back. And like I said, we're not about philosophy. We're about the tactics. We're about literally getting shit done and how you accomplish that. And where can people find the podcast? And secondarily, if they feel like they're a great guest for Agile Marketing Podcast, how do they reach out? Yeah, so you can find it on any of the, 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 the major podcast platforms. Just search for Agile Marketing Podcast. You can also, of course, find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera. And if you want to reach out to Eva or I, probably LinkedIn's your best bet. Muhammad Yasin, last name's Y-A-S-I-N. Uh, you can find me there or any of the other social channels as well. Neither one of them very hard to find. Also reach out to us. Maybe you're not wanting to be a, a, a guest on the podcast or have some. Maybe you just want the community. We do have a Slack uh, community as well that is really great about sharing information. And uh, we'd be happy to share that information with you as well and get you connected to that. So you can have more of a support network on a day-to-day -day basis. Awesome. Well, this has been such a great discussion, Muhammad. I appreciate it. As we end every episode on SAS Half Full, I ask our guest if you have a favorite or signature toast to send us out. When I am toasting, which is very rare, I tend to be a let's sit down and get right to the business. And the business when you got a drink in your hand is drinking.
right? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> but as I mentioned before, definitely appreciate hanging out with people. I appreciate spending time with people and quality time with people uh, in person. And I want to show appreciation for that person sharing their time and carving that out with me. So I guess I've got water in my mug here. We're going to just say it's okay to toast with that. You've got your uh, rum and Coke over there. So uh, just for you, thank you for uh, sharing your time today and hanging out and chatting with me. Well, I will drink to me. Cheers. Thanks again to Muhammad for joining me on Sass Half Full. What an awesome conversation. Great guy. Can't wait for a time we can actually meet in person again here soon. Make sure to check out the Agile Marketing Podcast as well. If you would like to join me for a drink on my next podcast, we can send you a cocktail kit. Head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash half full to get 10 bucks off your first box. As always, appreciate the listen and until next time, bottoms up.